702, your number one news and talk station. Six minutes past five, we're into the second, third and final hour of early breakfast on this Saturday, the 28th of May. And this is our health and well-being hour. And for the next 55 minutes in studio, our guest is one of South Africa's most eminent surgeons. She is a professor. She's a how am I doing? Doctor. Uh, she's, she's but she has to be phoned on a Friday night <laughs> to remind her. Dr. Carol Ben, welcome back, Carol. It's I don't know great how long to it be has here. been a couple of months. Since yeah, it's good to be here. So, uh, Carol, talking about breast surgery, and uh, many of our listeners know who Carol is. They've uh, been treated by her, or they've been cured by her, or they've done something to, by her. Um, so, give us a call if you want to have any discussion with Carol. Any questions you may have, uh, give us a call: oh one one double eight three oh seven oh two or oh two one. Four four six zero five six seven, or you could SMS on three one seven zero two or three one five six seven. It, it's such a huge field. Yeah. Carol. I don't, you know, I've got no notes really. I just, I don't no. know where to start with this thing. But uh, last night I came across something that I wanted to just touch on briefly, uh, that I'm sure some of our listeners may have seen, and that was it says that previous research suggests bone marrow may offer a haven from chemotherapy, meaning breast cancer cells can lie dormant for an extended period. Up to now, little has been none known about this, but now they've do, they're doing new research. Is this, in fact, new? Well, yes and no. So I think what's really interesting is that we've always known there are places that cancer cells go and hide. I always say cancer is like a terrorist. It doesn't kill or cause damage in the organ it starts but really in its ability to spread. Mm. So it's those terrorist cells that go elsewhere and that we need to know what are they doing and where they're going. And the places they go are places like the bone marrow. So they go in the bloodstream and they go and sleep in the bone marrow. It's a bit like seeds in the soil to wake up down the line. So when we give things such as chemotherapy, we give it to say, sending out the SWAT team in case there's anything there, let's kill what we can see. What's important is... Can we kill some of the things that are lying dormant and sleeping? And the answer is probably not. There's another place, for example, we know that cancer cells can go to the brain. And the brain is also what we call a sanctuary site. It goes and stays there. And it's very hard for things such as chemotherapy to... Um, to I must just check that I'm on here. Yeah, you're, you're yeah I'm you're fine, fine. Just move a little bit away from... Okay, the there we go. Sure. So... I, so <clears throat> It goes and sleeps in the brain, and it's very hard for the chemotherapy to cross the blood-brain barrier. So what is very interesting about medicine and oncology today, I always say I have hugest respect for oncologists, and in fact, I've just written a, an article on the art of war, which is what I really think oncology is about. And it's such a delicate balance between fighting the host and fighting the disease and not having the person in the midline and not damaging the person. And we're getting really clever at what I call personalized oncology so that we know there's a very good guy in Germany who does a lot of research in giving what you could call as bone cements, medicines that change the, 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 the bone marrow so that the cancer cells can't grow there. And then there's lots of other research done throughout the world and things such as immunotherapy and ways in which you can prevent cancer cells, your body's own host response, or you can prevent cancer cells from going and entering the bone marrow. 
we also look at things like circulating tumor cells, tumor cells in the blood. And so it's a fascinating field. It's the field of the future. Let, let me ask you this, and I'm sure you hear it all the time. <clears throat> there are so many variable cures, inverted commas, yes. for cancer. Yes. Uh, and there are so many other ways to, to treat yes. cancer. And there are so many bad things. For example, yes. chemotherapy will just kill you. It kills more people than it cures. Yes. And you're much, you're much better off taking vitamins and yes. supplements. Yes. So I think what you need to realize that the thing that's going to kill you is the cancer. Cancer is a bit like, it's like drunks in the bar. They're, they're not controllable. So you've got cancer cells that are behaving like terrorists are going elsewhere in the body. And they want to do a 9-11. They want to wake up 10 years later and kaboom, mm. take out your system. And the, I mean, they kill themselves in the process, but they're killing the host. So what you need to realize is that whatever medicines or things you're taking, there is no cure. There is no cure. If we had a cure, we would, somebody would be incredibly, incredibly wealthy. There are ways that you can kill the cancer cells, but you are always going to sit there saying, how do you know there's not single cells elsewhere? Therefore, follow up. Therefore, do this. Diet and lifestyle is critical, but anyone who is trying to sell you a panacea of I have a 100% success rate or I can solve this problem, walk away and walk away fast. You want to see data, you want to see statistics, and you need to realize whether you're taking a hypertensive medicine, a cholesterol medicine, aspirin. I was just looking this morning at an article on one of the diabetic medicines having an increased risk of bladder cancer. Any medicine has a side effect. Any medicine, whatever you're going to take, including oncology medicine, and it's about the balance. That's why the big thing at the moment in the U.S. is the concept of survivorship. Survivorship is when you look at how to live with whatever the disease process is in the short, intermediate, and long term until they get to the phase of what they call permanent survivorship. No, does that mean that it's a temporary kind of thing that you're doing until you can find a final cure? Well, I think it means that life is survivorship. I mean, you want to, whatever you've got, things are going to change every day and you're going to go from day to day with whatever your problem is, be it a peripheral neuropathy, be it cancer, be it diabetes, be it this. It's how to manage what your health problem is. And as people live for longer, we're going to have more and it's about managing them. Let's go um, to the lines and talk to, this is Benjamin in Birchley. Hi, Benjamin. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Hi. Yes, go ahead. How, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, I, I got my younger brother who's, who's got cancer. Okay. So uh, now he was in hospital in, in, in Limpopo, but now I went to fetch him this side with me. So now I wanted to take to take him to hospital. I was told they need the, the file from the other hospital. Yeah. But now when I called the doctor, the doctor told me that he's still waiting uh, for the approval from the management of the hospital. No, that's but now nonsense. they they can't admit him this fight because he doesn't have a file from the other doctor. That's absolutely. So I don't know what is it that I must that, do. That's making the tail wag the dog. What, uh, what's your view, Carol? Absolute nonsense. Whether it's a government hospital or a private hospital, the fact of the matter is it's your body and your right. Okay. If they've done tests, yes. 
if they've done biopsies, because that's what we usually need to do to diagnose cancers, then you need to have access to it. It really, really is something that gets up my nose. It's like when we send patients to oncology and then they get sent back because where's the histology report? When, quite frankly, the doctor picking up the phone and phoning it from the same central lab Mm. is quite possible and saves the patient a trip back and forward. So, um, uh, okay, so here's what I'm going to do, okay? It's fine if he's gone off. If he's listening on the radio, you can Are you still there, Benjamin? No, no. Oh, sorry, okay. So I'll tell you what, give him the um, email of the breast centre and let's see if I can't get on my snotty broomstick <laughs> 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 and just see if, if we... It's, it's bad when, when somebody's life is threatened by, well, the, by the bureaucracy and the red tape and the paperwork. Well, I think it's, it's, sometimes it's about, yes, it can be life-threatening when it's things such as trauma and trauma transfers, etc., but it's just the frustration. I was actually talking last night. I'm, I'm busy with an article on, on hostile hospital environments. And um, the concept that um, making ma- no one wants to be ill. No one plans it. It's always at the worst possible moment. And the stressors that people go through around medical diagnoses. And part of what we need to do is to be able to walk people. And that's another big thing in the U.S. at the moment. And we have the only navigator in the country in our unit that's qualified in the U.S. It's called navigation, patient navigation. It's helping people through the medical system. So for whatever reason, whether it's lack of faith or um, the convenience of being near your family, whatever the diagnosis is, here's a family who's going from one province to another and they've got all these obstacles in their way. And that's really not right because whether the person can be helped or can't be helped, we at least need to be able to facilitate. 702. 702. Call us on 011-883-0702. It's the Health and Wellbeing Hour. We have our guest in studio, Dr. Carol Benn, talking about cancer and breast surgery. Numbers to dial 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. Or you can SMS on 31702 or 31567. Any questions you have about cancer or about surgery, breast surgery, the expert is sitting right here in studio. Yusuf in Benoni, hi. Morning. Uh, Morning, uh, Yusuf. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah, I really congratulate uh, Dr. Ben on all the research that she's doing. And that's number one. Number two is I want to find out from Carol. I've been reading article about vitamin D and cancer. And the other aspect is the particular protein that they isolating, which causes cancer. Have comments, please? You know, that's an absolutely lovely question because Errol and myself have just been talking of as why we're seeing an increase in, in cancers. And I always tell him, well, you know, we, 16th century, we died in childbirth in the mines. But, you know, uh, when I first spoke to Charles about it, here in sunny South Africa, we, we should have high vitamin D levels. We spend so much time in indoors that our vitamin D levels are very, very low. And there's been interesting research on vitamin D and cancer, Alzheimer and heart heart disease. And you're right. We have particularly low vitamin D levels. I'm testing vitamin D levels. Some of my patients at under 10 at like 5 and 7. And it's just phenomenally low. And you see they start getting aches and fatigues and we are seeing it affect wound healing and it has been studies shown related to cancer. So, yes, I do think that um, um, uh, Errol's coming to me. Uh, is not 100% convinced my answer of aging 
is the reason why we have cancer. And it's a partly garbage in, garbage out, and also what we are putting into our systems and what we're having in our environment and missing um, supplements and nutrients that you should be taking in, yeah. in naturally. Yeah. You know, a supplement is something to supplement something that you're not taking in. And vitamin D is one of them. Yusuf's talking also about pro- proteins. Y- okay. Proteins so, as well, Yusuf. Yes. Yeah, so now the, question, the second part of his question was around proteins causing cancer. I sat in a very, very interesting um, lecture by a colleague and a friend, Professor Jeff Candy, on, on Wednesday and looking at um, tiny little issues about gut bacteria and proteins. And they, I mean, they're great studies out of the Karolinsky Institute on on um, meat and um, processed meat and nitrosamines and all sorts of different ways and different ways that proteins Sorry, affect. Yusuf, do you want to listen to the rest on the radio or do you have another related question? Yusuf? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, not much. Okay, if you want to okay. listen on the radio, thank, thank you very much, Yusuf. So, so, and it's all, all related and is translated. So I think the biggest thing we know from a cancer point of view is the importance of gut health and gut bacteria, probiotics. So the, at a consensus statement la- last year, they, they often poo-hoo in the scientific or medical field supplements and vitamins. Mm. But the ones that we really show to be of benefit are the vitamin D and the probiotics. If you have good gut health, good bacteria in your gut, it's shown to significantly decrease such as cancer risks. So are you advocating yeah. then supplements of vitamin D as a regular intake and also probiotics as a regular intake? Well, I think what you should do is you can't know your probiotic levels. Your vitamin D levels, I think you should test with your cholesterol um, when you do your routine bloods, such as you should check your glucose and your insulin. Mm. Um, in terms of vitamin D, it's such a fine balance between healthy outdoor activity and sunblock. So technically, you shouldn't have to replace your vitamin D if you're just out in the garden or outdoors or getting a little bit of happy sunshine in your life. But the, unfortunately, most of, most of us are indoors from 5 in the morning till 10 at night. Therefore, it is something. I replace my vitamin D3. It's it's uh, amazing what you're saying because we, we have so much sunshine here. Unbelievable. And, and, yeah. And um, the, then, as you say, the balance, because if you sit outside sure, for half an hour, sure, midday sun, sure. you have a chance of, of sure. getting burnt equals sure. cancer. Sure. Sure. And I think um, all of us are a product of our youth. And, mm. and when you talk about increasing cancer... What concerns me greatly is things such as, and we've spoken about it before, takeaway food generation. I think you've got to be really careful what you feed your kids because it's a bit like I, I look at my skin now and I was a lion, the slaster, spend my life in the swimming pool, trapped mm. child, you know, you used to burn yourself pink off your nose. Mm. So the damage is done for my skin. Mm. So, you know, now we are quite fussy with our kids and sunblocks and this, but I think we must be as fussy about what they put in their systems and what they exercise. Mm. We need to um, control issues such as um, um, the healthy lifestyles. It's all very well to game and computer and TV and iPad, but there needs to be some form of exercise and sport every day. We need to watch that they're having their greens and their reds and their juices and not their um, takeaway hamburgers and mm. Not, not that not that it's not okay occasionally, yeah, absolutely. but, but absolutely. everything in moderation. Ab- everything in moderation, yeah. totally. Let's take some SMSs. Um, how does oxygen therapy work, Ian wants to know? Well, I can say it doesn't. That would be a quick and medical answer. But the fact of the matter is oxygen is part of everything. So people say if you take in these 
increased amounts of oxygen, what you can do is kill cells. But the data is all over the place. You don't know that you aren't going to increase cell line and stem, stem cell growth and actually make cancers worse. So is the data there to show that it unequivocally kills cancer? The answer is no. Okay. I think we are... We have a whole big field of immunotherapy and understanding of how immune systems and things work in terms of cancer. Because what fascinates me is you can see people with these big, ugly cancers that haven't spread to the glands. And it just doesn't make sense. And then you have these little cancers that are treatable and they spread. So there are issues around the body that we do not understand. But there's so many dynamics and so many differences. I think we must be really careful not treating cancer in a multidisciplinary environment. Uh, right. Now, another okay. SMS uh, that says, I am 65 years, and for the past six years, I've had this lymph gland in my armpit. I've been using Africa oil, and it takes the swelling down. That's from Gail. That's fabulous, because um, if you've had that gland there for a long time, and it's not getting bigger, because lymph nodes are your security guards yes. throughout your body. You have a sore tooth, you have tonsillitis, and a gland goes up. You have a gland going up in your armpit. It's for a reason. It could be related to the breast inflammation. It doesn't have to be cancer. could be cancer. It could be something as simple as a permanent cut in your finger. But what you need to do is you need to assess it. And the best way to assess lymph nodes is with an ultrasound. Mm. So I would suggest that she goes and has an ultrasound so that we can have a look and see. And see, you can see on ultrasound if the gland looks normal or not. We look at the size of it and we look at the thickness of the cortex of it. And if it's normal, you leave it well alone. You don't have to cut or take things out to find out what they are. What's the Africa oil? What's that benefit? Yeah. If it helps her, it helps her. It's, yeah, like, okay. um, it's like Charles and his, what's that? Zambuk. Love Zambuk. <laughs> Gosh, is that still on the market? Yes. You know? um, yeah. Good morning, Carolyn. Errol, please can you explain what a sarcoma is okay. from Jean? Okay, so a sarcoma, okay, so how to explain it from a lay person point of view. So you would term it under oncology, it's a growth that grows, but it doesn't grow, um, cancers grow from a certain cell line, it, this grows from a different cell line. So sarcomas, you will find them in muscles and nerves, sheath tumors, and you can have angiosarcomas of vessels. So it's not growing, let's put it this way, in an organ, but in the support structures of the organs, such as muscle and bone and tissue. They're very, very difficult to treat, okay? And um, we really battle in terms of oncology. There have been huge breakthroughs. They're very rare tumors, so they're not common tumors, and they can occur in different parts and all over the body, and certain people are more predisposed to them than others, such as people who have those neurofibroma Tosis, those cafe they've got looks like big spots, big okay. um, um, uh, pigmented lesions on their body. Mm. So really what you've got to do is if you find any lumps or bumps that feel like they shouldn't be there, again, you start with simple tests. Usually we can do sonars and scans and we can do needle biopsies to look at the tissue. And if we can't get enough tissue, then we can do small little cuts in turn to get better samples. Then we grade them. We used to treat. We used to treat them in terms of where they came from. Did they come from muscle? Did they come from blood? Now we really look at size and grade. There are certain ones that we can treat better than others. MD Anderson has actually got a really, really good um, sarcoma unit. 
I mean, I've recently, unfortunately, had about, in fact, I operated on a sarcoma on Thursday. Mm. So we um, do see them. They're rare. They're difficult to treat, and they should be treated in a multidisciplinary environment. So here's the question. I mean, if you say that, that cancer, th- there is no cure. Yeah. Um, some people say they had cancer, they have, they're a survivor, and they live the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Now, they're not ever cured. Well, they, they're don't, in. We, we don't know that. I, I, I don't like the word remission because I think life is remission. We are all in remission. I say to my patients, if someone walks up to you and goes, oh, how are you doing? Hmm. Are you in remission? Turn around and say to them, are you in remission? If they say, <laughs> if they say I don't have cancer, say to them, how do you know? Okay. Yes. So the issue is you treat it and you get on with your life. Okay. And sometimes on permanent treatment, cancers don't come back. Sometimes the cancers do come back and we're very good at treating cancers, secondary cancers elsewhere. On field of oncology, super. Superb developments, outstrips technology. Mm. And sometimes it never comes back on no treatment, and that can be related to the body or it could be related to the on no more active cancer cells. Or, But you, it's very hard to see. Our fanciest scans can only pick up tumor lesions usually of four millimeters. That's mm. a whole host of little abnormal cells. That's, that's the smallest you can pick up? Yes. Four millimeters. It's yes. already quite big. Yes. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the question I'm really asking is there are so many different types of, of cancer. Absolutely. And, and if somebody comes up with, uh, we were talking about it yeah. earlier in the show, comes up with a thing that says take this product XYZ Pimple. and you get it onto the, on, onto the internet and it'll say, you get to Dr. Google and Dr. Google yes. says take this stuff, it's only $15 a bottle yes. and you will be cured. I mean, it's a nonsense, isn't it? Totally. I mean, my, one of my favorites is uh, I saw a lady who told me um, no, she had pancreas cancer and she's cured now. And I'm like, wow, because that's like an airy, scary cancer. I said, who did the surgery? No, no one. Okay, how did they diagnose it? The iridologist. So if it's been... By looking in your eyeballs. ...has said that you've got cancer and cured you. Isn't it true, though, that... So People I'm not will do anything to say I am cured. Anything to get over the fear of, gosh, I'm going to die from this cancer. Yeah, I think what what we have to do is we've got to do a change of mindset. Now, as you well know, and people who know me, I'm probably the anxious, neurotic, most, you know, I'm all very well sitting talking here, but the but you take the, the pills. The person, <laughs> the person who's who's the biggest, uh, what do they call me, chicken little on the planet is me. I mean, I can't even get on a plane on my own. <laughs> But but the issue is we, we have to change our mindset about life. We, I, I really, I loved what you were saying earlier about friends. It's about coming up with a healthy balance. I just wrote an article on screening. Do you screen or don't you? Screening is about health economics. I screen from top to bottom. The anxiety of going for screening tests is huge. Screening is not... Oh, I went for screening. I can't believe I have a cancer. You mm. went for screening to look for a cancer. Mm. But so, it's the fear of you, you don't want to know. Absolutely, but that's normal. We're all in the same mm. boat. And then it's the fear of treatment. And then it's the fear of life. I, have, I find my work humbling and so respectful. I've got a patient of mine in Cape Town. Sends me these WhatsApps. She comes up here for treatment. And she's now got a secondary aspect to her cancer. And she's like, you know what? And she lives life every day. And she's like... Just get on with it. Just do it. Take what you have to take and do it. 
That's why I have respect for a lot of people who are living with HIV. They take their ARVs every day and they get on with their life. You know, there was somebody long ago who said you can change the whole way of life by changing your attitude of mind. That, that's exactly it. And it's not an easy thing to do because that's the way you're entrenched. That's been your thinking and to change. Like for you to say to get onto a plane without any problem it's, at all is a mission. It's a huge mission. It's like my, my son says to me, you know what, mom, your mind is your best friend and your worst enemy. Yes. And, and that's the concept. So do we think that we can cure cancer? We see people live their whole lives and their cancers never come back. So technically they cured, but you can never know that for sure because you don't know if something can't come back. It, it's all it's all really about choice, isn't it? You you if you have sadly if you have cancer, you have one or two choices. You can yeah. say, "Gosh, look at me! I'm yeah. going to be dead in a year," or you yeah. can say what you're saying now. Yeah. Get on with it. You have this whole rest of your life to live. I have a very very good friend, yeah, um, and I use him as an example often yeah. of this positive kind of thinking. Yeah, he had he had colon cancer, right, um, and he's he's got the stoma and he had the, got the bag and yeah. all of that stuff, and he had he had the whole surgery. Um, but before he went into surgery, he said, I'm going to be up and about. I'm going to live the rest of my life. This is just temporary. Yeah. The next day, yeah. he was walking around the ward, chatting with the nurses. He plays golf, tennis. He does nothing differently except Absolutely. when he goes to the beach, he wears a little vest to Absolutely. cover the bag. Otherwise, he, his life has carried on without any hiccup at all. And I'm in complete admiration of it. You but know? I can also think I'm convinced and there's no proof Though that impacts on, and we use that word survival, and again, I don't like it, but that impacts on people's outcomes. Because I think if you change your attitude, and there's big data now on exercise, exercise post-cancer treatment decreases recurrence significantly. Those people who exercise, those people who have a happy, healthy outlook seem to do better, much better. Just to take a couple of SMSs sure. here. Uh, do you have any treatment for facial cranial hyperhidrosis? Okay, what, is, what is that? So basically it's sweating, sweating oh. on the face and sweating under this. You know what? It's not my field of expertise. I'd be interested as whether anyone's recommended the Botoxes and those type of thing. And I think um, I, I, will, I, will, I will Google Doc now. I will go into a Medline Advanced <laughs> search. So if you get hold of the unit, I'll tell you exactly you should go and see in this town about it if you're from Joburg or from somewhere. Okay, we're talking in studio to Dr. Carol Ben back after this. Alani Gwala, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6. The public broadcaster announced that it will no longer show property being destroyed during service delivery protests, but insists that this does not amount to censorship. Our responsibility as the media is to report facts as they are. We cannot decide on behalf of our listeners and our viewers. Let them decide. If we allow him to stop reporting on these protests that are there, what are we going to allow him to stop reporting on next? Alani Gwala, on 702, your number one news and talk station. Maximize your business business potential with Clientscape. Clientscape is a talent organization that focuses on SMEs by offering a variety of tailor-made solutions like talent sourcing, HR and IR advisory services, recruitment processes, outsourcing and employee screening and verification through the use of their professional designations, association skills and technology. They are able to speak directly to different business environments, structures and budgets. Visit clientscape.co.za for more information. Be inspired by Tal Africa's latest
trends in tile and bathroom wear and find your style. Go naturally beautiful with ceramic tiles from 69 Rand 99 per square meter or wood look tiles from 99 Rand 99 per square meter. Or visit Lux Living, impressed with large format tiles from 119 Rand 99 per square meter. Go to tileafrica.co.za and tell us what's your style and you could win 30,000 Rand to spend on your dream bathroom. Tile Africa, our home is your home. Developing the world's strongest adhesives requires sophisticated laboratories and lots of research. The team at Prattley have the only South African product on the moon and they are truly committed to bringing you the finest adhesives on earth. Prattley adhesives are available at all good hardware and retail stores nationwide. For unmatched strength and reliability, fix it with Prattley. Visit prattleyadhesives.com for tips and tricks. Prattley. The name to stick with. SMS 702 on 31702. Let's go straight back to the lines and talk to Elizabeth Kai. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are you? Can I speak to the property? But yes. I mean, she's the one that practices there, Helen Joseph. Absolutely. That's the one, the famous one, yes. Hi, Prof. Uh, you know what? I just want to thank you for always being so kind and considerate. I've been going there for a while, but a few weeks back I went with my sister. Yeah. And things were a bit slow. The moment you walked in, I still remember you told us that you're going to get some new chairs for us. Yes, that's right. I've now got funding for chairs. I I, I just want to say, Prof, I love you. Thank you. And thank you for being so kind. And when we went to go and uh, put our names in for the mammogram, yes, there was an elderly lady. Well, I'm also elderly, but I, she was there with her son. Yeah, she was so 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 depressed. Sure. She was so scared. Sure. She didn't know what to do. She was crying. So all I did was, I went to her. I sat next to her. I held her. I spoke to her, and I prayed for her. And then she calmed down. A bit. Thank you. Uh, but- it, isn't it possible, uh, uh, stop, sorry to interrupt, yeah. to maybe now and then have a counsellor? Because sometimes when I go to, yeah. I'm, I'm almost 70, yeah. I'm a bit frightened also, you know, to think maybe we'll get some bad news after the end of the mammogram, you know. So, <laughs> I think you bring but up, you bring up a really... Anyhow, Doc, I want to thank you and you keep up the good work. And when I come in again, I'm coming in, uh, in two weeks or three weeks time with my sister again. And then I just want to give you a big hug. I will definitely accept <laughs> a Thank big you, hug. Elizabeth. You have Thank reduced you. you have reduced Dr. Ben to tears. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I can tell you it's a humbling job, and I do it with absolute love in my heart. But I think you bring out a very important point, and I will definitely look into it. You know, you've always got to look critically at where you can improve and do things better. And I do think having a counselor down in the mammogram mm. suite and unit is very, very important. So thank you, thank you for that. Because it is frightening. I know how frightened I get when I go for my mammograms. And I will look into that, that there is somebody there with a happy face and to say, mm. it's okay. Whatever's going to happen, we can help you through that. But thank you. Let's take as many SMSs as we can. Hi, my aunt has been told she she has pancreas. What? Pancreatic cancer. No, it says P-H-A-C-E-R-E-S. That doesn't make sense. Pancreas could be. Could be. Uh, like to know more. Okay, well, we need to find out what it is. So I suggest that they drop an email and then we can respond to that email. Then somebody else says, I drink water with a pH of 7.3 or higher. 
it keeps uh, melanoma and solar keratosis under control very well. I was diagnosed seven years ago, question mark. So now, I, I think that's fabulous. I think that goes back to your comment about the water bars. I think that is the ideal person to go to the water bar. There's no, there's no scientific evidence no, for this at it, all. But no, if it works for you, it works for you. But, but there's no scientific well, exactly. evidence. Exactly. Aren't these things um, uh, placebos in many cases? Well, yes, but who knows and how do you define a placebo? So if you've got a headache and we had a SMS about tapping and I, I said to you, we use tapping around neuromas. So to if you've got a nerve and nerve pain and if you tap repeatedly on it, you can decrease the pain in that area. So if it works for you, fine, as long as you don't try and sell it to everybody else. Or my worst is when people claim it to be the panacea Mm. for life's all cures. Mm. Remember, each person is different. Each cancer is different. Each treatment is different. There is not one size that fits all. And my advice is if anyone tells you they have the solution to all life's problems, walk away. Have all your treatment done in a multidisciplinary unit. It is your body, not the doctor's. You're entitled to second opinions, third opinions. In my practice, you can tape what the doctor is saying because you know what? If you can't say it on air or you can't say it mm. taped, then you that's a concern for me. Here's an interesting question. If you keep calm after a snake bite, it delays the effect of the venom. Is it the same with cancer? Keep calm. Well, I, I'm not so sure about, I don't know that I could keep calm after snake bite. And we actually spoke earlier about having Charlon about toxicology and his big thing is snake bites and that. Hmm, I don't think it'll delay the venom. Maybe if you're bouncing your leg around. In terms of keep calm and cancer, again, calm helps. Charlon always says drama is not your friend. But in terms of its actual help with treatment, I think it'll help you be more sensible and to listen but in fact of actually impacting on your treatment, no, I don't think so. But when you're anxious, you take in less than 20% of what anyone tells you, so you can't make sensible decisions. Mm. I had a lady phone me this week who said, I don't get what you said, I don't get what you said, I'm not sure what to do, who to listen to. I said, you must, I said go, you must go to where you want to do. So my opinion is it's not the unit for you, if, and it's completely my failure if I can't explain it and you can't take it in. For whatever reason, mm. if myself as the medical specialist cannot put something or explain something in such a way that someone can interpret it, the failure is with me. But if, if that person can't hear it, then they must be in the environment mm. where they can hear best so they feel safest. Yes, it, it, it's up to them to, to feel comfortable Absolutely. about whatever treatment 100%. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then good morning, Errol and Professor. One hears so much about cannabis oil being used in conjunction sure. with treatment of cancer. And the ANC, Mario Ambrosini, Ambrosini um, that called for the legislation of cannabis sure. for medical use. What is the doctor's viewpoint on this subject? Okay, so basically it's cannabis is not something new. And 20 years ago we were making cannabis tea that worked very, very well for the nausea effects of chemotherapy. We now have fabulous drugs, so we don't need it anymore. Firstly, let me point out it is illegal, Okay. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, which means there is no legislation and in terms of who's making it, how it's being made and how it's being sold. There is no question that it has an effect in terms of a calming effect, which goes back to the previous caller, and um, from a supportive care where people feel more relaxed and manage their side effects of their treatment better. In terms of does it cure, okay, the answer is no, okay, and should it be taken 
on its own without any of your oncology treatment? Absolutely not. Do I think you should divulge what you want to take to your oncologist? Absolutely. Supplements, vitamins, cannabis, you need to tell your doctors what you are on. It might some the treatment. Absolutely. And also, you can end up having operations with bleeding problems and all sorts of things. Mm. Again, let me stress, it's not legal. So, I, I'm a, you know, put your seatbelt on when you drive, don't drink and drive. And if it's not legal, it's not legal. So... Mm. <laughs> Then uh, somebody wants to know, uh, Steph, can a cancer, diabetic, AIDS-affected person donate organs or the whole body upon death? Mm, very good and tricky question. Probably not. Okay, I, I think I, I was, is it one person's all three problems? Shame, because you can, HIV, cancer, well, one, three, and AIDS. Or three separate persons. Or three, if you, if if you, you have... If you have cancer or you are diabetic, well, it depends uh, in terms of what organ and what you've got. So, mm. for certain diabetics, sure, certain organs for certain cancers, probably not unless you're at least 10 or so many years out. And um, HIV, I don't think so. You know, who might know, and it's a very nice topic to do, is actually, I see John Robbie is very much involved in organ donation and everything. Mm. But it would be a useful to have on a breakfast show mm. who can and who can't. Mm. Uh, 58-year-old male has a tumor on the brain stem. Please advise. So the very interesting breakthroughs on, on gamma knives and fancy surgeries and radiation in terms of brain. I think brain is very difficult to manage because it's in an enclosed structure. And again, it needs to be treated in a multidisciplinary environment with an oncologist, neurologist, neurosurgeon and radiation oncologist. So I would suggest that that person make sure they're in that environment to get their care. Okay. Um, somebody says, tell us more about the water bar. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about that an hour ago. Uh, the water bar was a, a, an actual bar in Selfridges or to do with Selfridges in London where they, they sell different types of water. Uh, with different things in the water. And it's they have like, a water sommelier. Who would know? They have a water know? sommelier, yeah. Uh, who knows where the water comes from, what depth it was drawn from, from well, the lake. Weird. I mean, who really cares? But that's, that's what <laughs> it was about. Um, and just one more SMS. We'll go then to the lines and speak to Alistair. Liz, Liz wants to know about the link between GMO and breast cancer. You know, it's so difficult in terms of, presume, all the genetic modifiers and... I mean, I had a three years ago, someone spoke to me about lipstick and the lead in the lipstick causing breast cancer. You've got to be, yeah, uh, okay. You've got to be very, very careful how you look at research because what you do is you take, you say, women, women get breast cancers, women wear lipstick, therefore lipstick causes breast cancer. You can't do things such as, studies such as that. So there are so many variables when it comes to breast cancer and other cancer. In fact, six out of ten people with breast cancer have no risk factors whatsoever. So it's not a straight linear of one thing. It is a bit like you have um, a lotto. It's like rolling a dice and you have to get all the little aspects of the dice from environment, family, genetics, random genetic changes in your body, all lying in a certain line for you to get that breast cancer. Mm. So it's not that it's one thing only that's causing cancer. Let's go to the lines and talk to Alistair in Randburg. Hello, morning, Alistair. Uh, good morning. 
I went for breast reconstruction on February, and uh, it was Eurosilicon. And within a month, uh, the breast was already sagging. I just like to know what could be the problem be. Okay, so a breast reconstruction or a breast augmentation? Okay, because no, no it was uh, at the second breast reconstruction because I was diagnosed with cancer ten years ago. Okay, so this ba- was the second one. Okay, so basically, sometimes what they do then is they put an expander. I think, and they expand up the skin if they don't do an immediate reconstruction, and then they replace it with a prosthesis. If it's sagging, it means often when you have a delayed reconstruction and you do a mastectomy, there's an area called the inframammary fold at the bottom of the breast. And if that has been um, removed at the time of the mastectomy, when they put the implant in under the muscle, they, they, they they can't fix that fold properly or sometimes the doctor doesn't so then the breast and the prosthesis looks like it's falling down the abdominal wall there are three procedures that you can do to fix that inframammary fold small surgical procedures so that the breast doesn't sag Um, i think you should go back to the reconstructive surgeon who treated you and also ask that it gets discussed in a... We have a... Con- I, try, I, try, I, try, I try to discuss it with her. She just uh, dismissed me. She said, no, this is just a cleavage. And okay. really, it's, it's, uh, this is not... Uh, um, okay. I, so, I, I'm just really not happy. I know that it was a breast cancer. Okay. This, was, this, this is just uh, emotionally draining. And okay. I'm just thinking that maybe if I, I take the silicone out and okay. I just go bare breast. So can, I I su- can I suggest what I'm going to do yeah. is you're going to drop an email. We have a what I call a multidisciplinary onco-reconstructive meeting where I have four reconstructive surgeons and yeah. you will see two of the four independent non-charge consult to give you an opinion because some things can be fixed some things can't be fixed but the thing is never to dismiss patients and to listen to what they're saying yeah because 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 the the the, the, the very uh, which means i went there on the 19th when i go back I think the following week on Monday, I already told her that I said, I think that the left breast is sagging. She said, no, 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 this is just just a cleavage. Don't worry about it. Okay, fine. So I'll tell you what, you're going to drop an email to Julie and we'll organize that you see two of the doctors. We'll give you the email address at the end of the show in about 10 minutes. All right, Alistair? Thank, Thank you, you so much for for calling in. Yeah, you can see the you can hear the concern, yeah. and you must see that all day long. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've learned is never to dismiss and always to listen, and to always acknowledge if you can't help or you can't get it right. I mentioned this week that I had clearly it's a communication failure on my part to somebody, but you must always look and see why and what and where, and you know. Just put yourself or say someone in your family in that person's shoes. Mm. Of course, there are things you can fix and there are things you can't fix. Mm. It's how you go about it. And we were speaking earlier in the week about, um, in fact, Friday, I got called by my senior pathologist who I'd seen four cases for review. One case where they said was a sleeping cancer and turned out to be an ugly awake cancer. And you just go through the mental anguish of if you hadn't reviewed it. Mm. And he was saying how irritated some of his colleagues go when I request a review. Mm. And the comment I said was, 
I would be happy for anyone to review because if someone comes up with a better idea than I have, mm. thank God. <laughs> At the bottom line, it's all it's in ego. the interest of the patient. Absolutely. It's all about Absolutely. the patient. Um, so I have an SMS here from Letitia who said, Good morning, I would like to know I've heard... That sugar feeds cancer. Is it yeah. true? Thank you and enjoy the day. So there's a really nice book that I reviewed on cancer and sugar. And I do think that we take in way too much sugar mm. and it affects our immune system and everything. But you can't take, it's not one thing. So in my opinion, we have too many complex carbohydrates, too, many, too much sugar and too much food. We, we eat way more than we really should or need, okay? But it is not one thing. Thousands of sweets and milkshakes and etc. It's not good for you. Mm. Okay, mm. in any event. And and hence you'd you'd stand four square behind the sugar tax, would you? Anything to reduce the intake of sugar. Sure, but I I, I don't know that that solves the problem. I think the problem is around education and awareness. Yeah. I I think that taxing things when when. You know, when you're hungry and you have very little, mm. going and have something that's a toast with jam is so easy as a quick and instant fill. Mm. Instead of making sure that we are planting spinach on the side of the roads, and you know, when I see the litter, and I think there's so much, so many nice things we could do in mm. this country that are cheap and easy. We have the environment to have the best country in the world. We just need to change up, maybe our mental. Yeah. In terms of how we look at it. Uh, the last caller this morning is Brian. Hello, Brian. Good morning to you. Oh, good morning to both of you. Um, yeah, I had a uh, prostate biopsy about six to eight weeks ago. Yeah. Fell out with a urologist. I never sat down with him. He faxed me my results. One of the samples was a Gleason 6. Yeah. My uh, reading indicates to me that there's huge debate about it and the yes, end result. Yeah. I'm taking it as uh, not Okay. much cause for concern could you confirm that well i well i think what you should do is um you should uh, if you get hold of the unit i'll tell you which you a couple of urologists for you to see for second opinions i do think that you should look at doing something about it because it's picked up nice and early and that's fabulous and you're right there are debates there are different aspects from robotic surgery to um different fancy 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 radiation issues so i do think that you should see somebody um you sound like a nice healthy young gentleman and it would be nice to treat something quickly <laughs> thank you very go. much for the call brian so we just last minute or two of the show uh, just take this sms quickly uh, it says uh, hi prophet oh, my 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 it's blank it's daughter's we don't, don't know is really drained out after chemo please sure. advise what she can do what she can take to boost her energy levels thank you in advance from logan she's diagnosed with breast cancer yeah so, it depends on what chemo she's on but she should chat to her oncologist is it so draining of, it, it, it can it, be yeah. so, and and different chemos are different draining and different side effects some some recommend um vitamin b's there are a couple of nice little milkshakes so absolutely speak to her oncologist there are things that she can do to help her through it, but it can be very, very draining. So Is there yes. ever going to be a, a chemo that doesn't knock your hair out? Well, there are some, yes, oh, and they're fancy not. target treatments. Yeah. My, they are playing Pac-Man with cancer cells at the moment. 
10 years time the oncologist is going to sit like you behind a console and just go zap the spot zap the spot absolutely he's amazing yeah all right so thank you uh, for being with us this morning uh, carol dr carol ben give us your contact i've got 0860 for yeah. helen joseph there, there's, an email. there's a um i think it's um breast health center and i think it's british way with a re breast health center at gmail dot com at gmail dot com well they can just google it i'm sure they just get hold of the neck breast care center and there is a care assist line as well as a four eight zero five seven seven nine that has a whole lot of numbers it's Under attached what is that? to at it at at um mill park but it at says park. for okay. one you press one for helen joseph and two okay. for this it's one of those right. so fancy helen lines. joseph is zero eight six zero two double three two double three or you could email breast health center at gmail dot com. Absolutely. Thank you, Carol. It's an absolute pleasure. See Good you to soon. see you. Thank yeah. You. You're with seven oh two, your number one news and talk station. Just let me mention last week's show and health and well-being hour on collagen is available on podcast. And this discussion this morning will also be available on podcast. Thanks very much for being with me this morning. That's a wrap for early breakfast for this Saturday. Have a brilliant weekend.